There it is. Coming in hot today. We are coming in hot. Brand new episode right here of the Gentleman's Dojo. F you, Steve Byrne. We did not need him here. Over in Montreal. That's right. Yeah. Steve is up in Montreal at the Just for Laughs Festival. Is he performing or is he just kind of there to... I think he's uh, performing yeah, yeah. the entire... Like he's been gone this week and he's gone for another week and a half. That's a lot of comedy. It's a lot of comedy. It's a lot of Steve uh, it, I will say what was cool is when we had Jeff Singer in here, who is now up there with Steve, he was talking about uh, the festival, and that's where Steve is. That is, and right Jeff now. Singer's first podcast was done where? Oh, that's with right. Us, us. Yeah, The Gentleman's right. Dojo. Yeah. So, so, Patrick, we are excited. I'm here, Gary Cannon, hosting this motherfucker with uh, my good buddy Patrick Keene. Good to be here. And, with uh, yeah, we... We were gone. You were in Yeah, Houston. I haven't seen you for a couple weeks. Haven't seen yeah. you. Last time I saw you was the Comedy Store in La Jolla. That's right. Steve and I did DC last weekend, uh, the DC Draft House, which was a lot of fun. July 4th weekend was that? or It was the uh, What weekend. a fun time to be there, though, July 4th. It was the weekend after that. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the weekend after that, but it was still brutally hot. We couldn't yeah. even go outside and do anything. You were gone. You were in Houston? I was in Houston, yes, and I'm going back there again next week. Really? Yeah. Look, yeah. look, look. Can we say why? Or? You can say why. There you go. Yeah. Little lady friend back yes, there. Yes, that's yeah. right. In the wow. 781 or something like that with Siri. Seven, eight, one, eight, is that what it is? I think it's seven. Good eight, for you guys. Yeah, Sounds yeah. like it's going strong. It's going well. That'll be my fourth or fifth trip to Houston this year, which that's I'm not I haven't been to Houston much in my life. And know. I said this to you. Yeah. I said you met her and I thought yeah. you met her at a comedy show. Right. Not true. Not in true. Fact, she hasn't even seen your she's comedy. never even seen me perform. And it's made wow. it, so we're seven months in, eight months in. She's now. never seen you perform. She's never seen you perform. I, the first time might be New Year's when we go. She's what I consider managers and agents here in this town. <laughs> never seen you perform. Do you, would you like to introduce? Uh, we have two guests here in studio we today. Have two great guests. Yes, yes. two yep. great. Well, um, we have uh, one guest and a uh, friend. Um, yeah. No, you can introduce your friend, your guest, and okay. then I'll introduce mine. Very good. This gentleman. I almost uh, like the dynamic without Steve. He's very bossy. Um, he decides when something's funny or not. He can be yeah. very aggressive. Okay. Aaron, you know this. You seem like you're in a better mood when he's not here. <laughs> Aaron seems like he's happier. I see a glow in Aaron's face. But Steve's here. It's kind of a kind of a shitty. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. No. Well, this next gentleman, very funny, very talented, yeah. and travels all over the world. We're lucky to have him because he's between international weeks right now. Whoa. And we'll let you tell him about uh. that. And I'm. It's funny because I met him at the club that we were talking about. Oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One the of one the that worst we were... clubs in America. Yes. And we had a great time together because we're both great. Harvey's and in Portland. That's right. Yeah, I don't mind saying it. They won't work me. And he's, uh, he's, he's <laughs> from... that guy, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> he's from the Bay Area originally, of this Of course. Gentleman. That's how I know him. That's how you know him, Gary. Of course. And uh, he's a very fantastic comedian with great things on the horizon. Please welcome Mr. Dave Burley. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks and uh, to my left, uh, we actually just did his podcast called uh, Road Stories. And he filled in as guest host uh, for Murray right. Valerano. And uh, he's here. I've known this guy for a long time since I maybe moved out to L.A. And we have done some um, very uh, many. We've done a lot of shitty gigs together. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he, oh, I'm envious because he gets to open for Brian Regan. On occasion. Well, I, listen, listen. Take lot. it. Uh, very funny guy. Uh, Gary Brightwell yes. also Gary joins Brightwell. us here in the dojo. Uh, Aaron, you're, you can just admit it, Aaron. There's nobody here. You are uh, glowing today. Is that not true? Yes, uh, <laughs> I am pregnant. There's a glow uh, to uh, to Aaron. So, um, by the way, I'm excited because, first of all, I have a ton of questions for Dave because Dave was uh, a participant in America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. What year was that? 
2012. 2012. Season seven, yeah. That would have been with Howard Stern, right? Howard's first year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How was that? I mean, were you a Stern fan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I love Howard. But I was nervous because I thought for sure he was just going to, you know, X me and, sure. you know, beat me up and stuff. But he was really actually supportive and really liked it. And you can hear the laugh on the little clip and stuff. And it was cool, man. Where'd you audition? What city? Uh, I was in San Francisco. At wow. San Francisco Civic. The, wow. Where I saw my first concert. It all came full circle. Wow. How so crazy that is there. that? Yeah, 3,500 people. It was nuts. Because yeah. that's where you and I met. We both started doing stand-up yeah. together yeah. in San Francisco. Um, and then you get to go back and do your audition for AGT. Did you have an appointment set up to do it? Did you wait in the line? Like, what was the protocol? Yeah, you know, I had actually just submitted a video. And then there was no, you know, cattle call or anything. And they... They took me on just the video. And wow. Gave, gave me the appointment. Yeah. So I didn't have to, you know, do a pre-audition. So, But even with that appointment, you have to wait a little bit? Are you waiting? Like, let's say they say be there at three. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's brutal. And then you're just, you're in the holding room and all you hear are just X's and eh, Oh, wow. And people booing and stuff, you know, because cool. it's reality. And, right. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's nerve wracking, you know, and yeah, it was probably maybe a six, seven hour wait. And you're just like, wow, yeah. it's kind of a mental thing. Right. I mean, because I do know that when they used to do that thing in Vegas, right, that was kind of the deal where they would sequester you and then they would call you. Yeah. Jay Chris Newberg told me that, like they would put you up in a hotel and then they would call you and say, hey, we need you now. And you're just waiting. Yeah. Well, the Vegas thing was different because that they don't do it anymore. I just found right. out last night that it was it was called boot camp. Right. And they would, you know, keep you in these like, you know, horrible iron chairs and stuff for hours. And then they'd bring you in. And for comedians, it was awful because there was no audience. There was no audience at all. Sounds like a Steve Byrne gig. Like, I mean, <laughs> it, you're in your second round and you're just performing in front of the judges. And it's just, right. it was not conducive for comedy. So, And you, you just know. have to smile, keep plowing through it like yeah. it's the greatest thing in the world. Well, yeah. And it was the problem with it, too, it was so fabricated and so just edited to, you know, you knew the judges. They had told them ahead of time. All right. You know, try to be hard on these contestants. Don't smile. Don't laugh. Don't applaud. And it was this weird little right. game that they played, and they don't do it anymore now. Right. I guess, but I'm glad they got rid of it. It's just, it's horrible. Wow. I remember when I did, I did warm up for that show one season. So you did 2012. Yeah. Which was Howard's first year. I did yeah. 2011 because I was so bummed they didn't ask me back because I was such a fan of of Stern. But I remember a guy came up and did an audition and he was horrible. So they start making fun of him immediately. And he says to the judges, well, wait a minute, why'd you pass me through if you're just shitting on me right now? And you knew I was going to be bad. And it was like, well, of course, the reason yeah. they brought you in was to do that. But the way he called them out on it right. was great. Yeah, was and you right. knew yeah. that they could never use that clip. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 He wasn't going to stand That's up like them, a fool. Yeah. Right. That's how last comic standing, you know, if you, I've auditioned for that twice i think it's last comic stand and you go in and it's three judges and four people on the film crew and you're like how do you do comedy for seven people that hate this and hate their job like, right what do you do yeah and i don't know if that's similar to what what dave was going through or whatever but, yeah uh, it's it's not fun it's gary like, have you ever auditioned for something like that i auditioned years ago when they did last comic standing and i flew to uh Phoenix to the to Tempe right. improv, and I stood in line for a little bit, and then uh, the uh, manager of the club walked the line and said, "What are you doing standing in line? Come on now, come in now." Yeah. And then so I was able to go up early, but it was that same thing. It was like maybe six people, the three judges, and then you know they have people in their ear, and they said everyone's doing three minutes, so I had 
figured out three minutes. I don't think I have 30 seconds out. And they went, thank you. Right. Thank you. And I'm like, wait, what? They, oh, yeah. All they're doing not... is looking for a look. They're for, casting. They're, yeah, casting. they're casting. It's not comedy. Yeah. You know, and the whole time, you know, and then I'm, so now I got to wait for my air, my flight that's yeah. at se- seven at night <laughs> to go home. And I'm seeing all my other friends have moved through. So yeah. they're filling out the paperwork, not just sitting there thinking. I, I remember how, <laughs> how, how I knew it was just this casted show when, Gabriel Iglesias walked into the improv and he comes up on stage and they're like, oh, hello, what's your name? It's just like, oh, you guys have no idea who yeah, this right. guy is yeah, exactly. who yeah. just walked in yeah. off the street. Like, <laughs> that, like, that's how you kind of knew. Yeah, You're just yeah. like, okay. Yeah. But there is that kind of hope, I guess, that if I wait the line for nine hours, if I camp out. Do you guys remember the very first year that they did it? There was that guy and I just knew him. His name yeah. was Buck Starr. Yeah, he yeah. traveled <laughs> every like city. To every yeah. city. Every city. Yeah. Was it like 04, 03, something? I think yes. Yeah. The very early on. And I remember hearing later, because the idea is that he's waited in line now in Denver. And because obviously that's probably why you went to Phoenix. You're like, I got a better chance if I get the hell out of LA right. and, and audition right. in Phoenix or somewhere else. And I remember Buck Starr starts showing up in all these cities. And I later found out from him that, well, he got bumped up. He wasn't waiting on the streets the, the whole night before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was – so you do AGT, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then you go through the rounds. How far did you make it when you did it in 2012? Well, I did the uh, quarterfinals. So it was after Vegas. And then I made a quiet exit. And a lot of people, like if you look at some of the clips on YouTube and stuff, they're like, what happened to this guy? Where did he yeah. go? And right at the exact same time, <clears throat> I got uh, a movie – to star in a movie as Charlie Sheen called Not Another Celebrity Movie. Oh, wow. you can still see in Germany in the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or on the Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, you know, I was looking over this, this 100-page contract with AGT, and I had to hire a lawyer and everything. Right. Because, you know, it's like I couldn't do both. So, um, so slowly kind of made a quiet exit um, and then went on to do the movie. And kind of wished I uh, had advanced on AGT. Oh, so you decided the movie would have been a better opportunity? Sort than, of, sure. maybe. Yeah, you know, um, I, you know, I think I was on my way out anyway. I mean, they had six comedians that year, okay. and uh, I don't think, you know, I think I, you I, I had to make that choice too of just like, you know, if if push comes to shove, I'm gonna do the movie, yeah. to star in the movie. So um, who wanted that? I think you made the right choice. I, I think a movie. No, you know, who gets too. an opportunity at movies? Like, well, that's what yeah. everybody was saying, yeah. and then the lawyer was just like, "Which? What do you want yeah. to do?" And I said, "I'd like to do the movie," and then did the movie. And and who won it that year? Do you remember? Uh, that would have been the dogs jump roping. Really? Dogs, yeah. The Olatte dogs. That's the thing about these shows, yeah. is I think. There's only maybe one or two people who have gone on to kind of go, oh, okay. Like the sure. Guy, Terry Fader, the ventriloquist guy, he's he's big in yeah. Las Vegas and yeah. stuff like that. But name me one other person from America's Got Talent that yeah. you know of, like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Well, it Nobody. is interesting. It's the same with The Voice. The of Voice course. has not produced one you know, breakout artist at all, yeah. yet that's still on, you know, but like at least... Uh, it's like the Montreal Comedy Festival. Well, except for Steve, of course. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I realized very quickly why I got a ton of spots at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach this weekend. I was like, oh, Montreal's going on. All the oh, big shots funny. are yeah. away oh, somewhere. No. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's why Richard's begging me. He's like, we need people. Uh, but so that what's interesting is when you do it, um, I remember when I did Warm Up in 2011... There was a guy named Landon something or other who wanted. He did Frank Sinatra covers. Right, right, right. Remember that guy? Absolutely, yeah. Yes. So 
I remember thinking, oh, now this guy's going to get a big show in Vegas in his own headlining theater. Never happened. Yeah. Over with, right? I think there's only two or three guys who actually have done the Vegas show. It's Fader right out of the gate. Absolutely. Right? He got his. And then there's the current guy, Matt Franco, who now has his own room at the Link or something in Vegas. And then there's the uh, um, ventriloquist from Australia. And I don't even know if he's still there. So really- wow. In, in all these seasons, there's only been three people who have... There's a lot of red tape you got to get through to get your own show in Vegas. It's in the contract, but it may or may not happen. So it's not a guaranteed thing. And, and your thing, because your specialty is obviously doing these great impressions, do you think that that was really helpful because you could go in, machine gun these impressions, do them really quickly, really effectively, and that was kind of what brought you to that next yeah, level? Yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, I just, um, I saw the success, too, that Melissa Villasenor had a couple years yes. before. And, and I said, well, wow, that's cool because, you, you know, you may get six to eight other comics just doing stand-up for yeah. 90 seconds, but you're not going to get a whole lot of guys who are doing, you know, an impression that's maybe even obscure that a lot of people, you know, yeah. haven't yeah. done before on the show. So I tried to cram that all into 90 seconds because I didn't know. I, I really thought, you know, Howard was going to, beat me up and then he was if you if the end of the clip he he turns to uh sharon osborne and howie mandel and he's like you know he can get edgier than that and he's you know giving me advice on his you, know, you need to get edgier you know and it's like little did he know that i had four scripts before that that got shot down because i had them so edgy that nbc oh. would you know prime time they're like no you can't say that you can't do that. You can't. and then so right. i'd get up there and i'd do it and howard's like you can get edgier than that i'm like well your producers don't think wow that did you so, say that yeah oh yeah yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just it's it's such a weird process. And then you, I did. I, I really had to make a, a commitment to either just doing straight stand up or impressions. And I just said, you know, what, I'm I'm just going to do the impressions. Yeah. Because that's what you because you wanted to do what you wanted to do, which is what you felt most comfortable with. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 90 seconds. Can you guys? No. I mean, that, it's, the impressions no, are going to capture people. Yeah. You got like I said, you only got 90 seconds. Yeah. Stand up is hard. I mean, unless, you know, who, who's gone on to be really, you know, that like uh, Tom Cotter. Did Cotter he do did well. real he, well. He, he came runner up that year. Right, yeah. Doing straight. Yeah. But yeah. He, but he's very joke. joke real joke, quick. Joke, joke. Yeah. I mean, you got to yeah. be that kind of thing. You can't. You're like, oh, I got to. Yeah. I've seen a few. I've seen a few people gonna, try a few yeah. comics try to go into, uh, you know, a topic. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, dude, no, no, yeah. no. No. Taylor Williamson, he yeah. was on there. He went, yeah, he, he, he went all the way to second. And, and he gets to yeah. his jokes pretty quick yeah, too, he does. you know. So right. there's no there's no story like you were saying, Gary. Yeah. Do do you find out like like so you do the show, does it change because I know we talked to Taylor about this, he was on our show, does it change everything financially very quickly or not really? Yeah, things things jump pretty quick and then there's a window and it just depends on how far you get, you know, and, and the window for me was like six months where, you know, phone was ringing emails and all that and better gigs and better paying gigs and stuff and nice. you know and offers again for like movies and stuff like that yeah and, and then it just you know it'll slowly fade like it will and uh but i think people like in that they say like if you make the top eight you know you can you can stretch it out pretty good they wanted to they wanted to do a tour they they, they usually do a tour after every every season and so um, they were all set to do this big tour, and I got hired in as the host and the you know the com the oh, wow. resident comedian on a thirty five city, city wow. bus and truck tour, merchandise, huge theaters, and I'm like, oh, I'm in, let's do this. And it was with um, the uh, 
the uh, the guy who did the Sinatra stuff, Landon. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple other winners and some other people. And and uh, Jerry Springer was the he was the host of the show on the. And everything was ready to go, and then and I canceled all these other gigs and wow. stuff, and they pulled the rug out from under us Ugh. and canceled the whole tour, and I was just left holding the bag, and I'm like, and you know, and in the beginning they're like, oh yeah, you're part of the family now, the AGT family, and this and that, and it's like, it's a rough family. Yeah. And, and you talked money <laughs> and all that stuff of what was going on with yeah, the tour. Wow. Yeah, but nothing was signed or anything, but it right. just looked so promising, you know, and it was great, and then. Um, it's just so weird because that show is so successful, yet season after season, they switch it up. They change it up. You know, they have basically the skeleton of it, you know, talent show and some weirdos here and some really talented people there. But they they continue to switch things like the the Vegas thing where you're right. doing. And I want to get back to that. I, I was We were doing stand-up in a full theater with just the three of them. Oh. So it wasn't a room oh, with not gosh. an audience. Sure. It was a huge theater oh, with all gosh. the power on and everything. And you just walk out at 10 in the morning. Enough people could deliver. fit in one car. Yeah. And they're not laughing at all because they were instructed not to laugh. That's it, how the SNL auditions yeah. are told. All right. Yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a crazy business because if you think about it right, so many people now can become famous from posting a YouTube video, from you know doing whatever, or becoming very popular with a reality show like – which I guess is good and bad because, I mean, years ago, because Gary, you and I were talking about this, the thing that we keep moving on or moving us forward is just being funny, getting out there, continuing to work, yeah. doing these shitty rooms. You've been doing it 20 years. I've been doing it 20 years. Like, Patrick, how long have you been doing it uh, for? 17, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just – it's crazy because that's that's the only thing we can control, right. how hard we work. And then you find out, hey, this guy posts a daily blog where he dumps sugar over his head, and this guy's making forty-five million a year. You're like, yeah, how's that possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't understand how that's you know, and people can do it. There's there is that method. I think it's very limited, but I think people can pull it off. Yeah. Well, and the thing too is that's that's where you can get bitter, where you are in a grind for quite a while, yes. like sixteen years or something, and then you get in there, and some guy off the street, you know, is is uh, doing um, some you know I don't know Barbara Streisand song yes. horribly. And he advances to the live shows at Radio City, Radio City Music Hall. Right. And I'm thinking, that's all I want. Just get me there, I, you know, doing the live yeah. shows. Get me in. And yet it seems like they had to have a certain percentage of freak shows and then a certain percentage of, of talent. And at that part, I really didn't like. Because then all of a sudden you don't have a talent show. You know, it becomes a circus and stuff. And um, and people are just – the audience, I don't even know who their true demographic is. Right. I'm fascinated by it. Are they 12-year-olds? Are they, you know, is it families? It's America. Do you guys watch it? <laughs> Do you watch it? No. No. What is it? America's Do you watch Talent? It? Yeah. But are you – so here's here's what's crazy to me. So Gary, you and I talked about this before we jumped on about how you're close with, you know, like a guy like Bill Engvall, yeah. Brian Regan, like you're close to those guys. Are there moments where, like, you look at how great they are and they've attained so much success where you're like, you know, because I, I, I see this with, for example, when I work with, like, Ken Jung or I work on his show. Right. And you're like, I would just like to ask him if he could make a call on my behalf for X, Y, Z. I don't even know what that is, but you're just like, is there a way that I can use, you know, our friendship right. as as a way to – and and – not asking for it just because, but because you deserve it. And it would be just, you know, because those guys obviously have the ear of a lot of people. So, I, you know, is yeah. that ever a thought process to you? No, I've never actually had 
asked somebody for a leg up. But I have been, you know, you know, Bill has given me, you know, a lot of things going, hey, uh, you know, he, he's hired for this show. And he says, hey, I got a good buddy of mine who's a writer who writes all of my stuff, a lot of my stuff. Uh, I'd like to have him along. And so I've gotten those silver spoon gigs. Right. You know, where it's like, but I've then made really great friends through those things. Where That's where I met Murray Valeriano because he was one of the writers on the show and a couple other guys who've gone on to produce other shows. And they're like, hey, he's a good guy, you know? Yeah. So it's like, a, you know, it's that, you know, who you know and who the friendships that you make, you know? So I've, you know, I've, I've had the, the great fortune of having a handful of people recognize what little talent that I think I possess, you know, and they've kind of like brought me along. It's been sure. really great, you know, so it's fun that way. And Gary, you've been getting the emails that I've been sending you, right? For, uh, to get and I, I mean, forward them to Patrick. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think you do a great job at what you do. You yeah. keep doing you. Yeah. Despite, Dave, are you being serious? Despite, despite what Steve says or everybody yeah. else in this town, you just keep Definitely going. Definitely from the news, just an email will get you a meeting. Exactly. 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 I, I always, like, it was funny because I just remember, like, working on Chelsea lately, like, doing that show uh, as a warm-up, as a warm-up comedy, right. just saying, hey, would love to be part of the show as the panel. And they look at you like, are you crazy? Like, that we're, <laughs> oh, that's we're, we're not going to bump, you know, so-and-so. It's like, but but yet, it's the same people over and over again. You know, we've talked about this a million times. It's the same people on those shows, on Chelsea, on At Midnight. And you're just like, how do I figure out a way to weave myself in yeah. if, you know, if it hasn't happened yet, I don't know if it will, but maybe with the help of somebody... Right. You know, that kind of, like, shoves you in a little bit. Because you, you definitely hear that, like, oh, I worked with Brad Garrett for a weekend in Irvine. And that opened up, you know, a floodgate for a ton of other things. Right. So, but, yeah. Yeah, but again, you got to be cautious because you don't want to burn a friendship. Because they the reason those guys are working with you and they like working with you is because you're not that pain in the ass. Yeah. You're not blowing up their phone about, hey, what about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that's the good part. Yeah, I think... That like that's how I've stayed in the business as long as I have. I'm not. I I'm definitely not a squeaky wheel. Yeah. You know. I just I go in and I do what I'm asked to do and I show up on time and I do a good job and then I I leave you alone. Yeah. And so, that makes it easier to travel with and whatever. I'm know? excited actually because uh, Patrick told me the story, Dave, that you have this whole new thing that you're doing. Yeah. With Donald Trump. Yeah. And it's absolutely crazy because. Now, it, now it's you have a full suit that that so yeah. T- tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, I was so excited when Patrick told me about this story. Yeah, there was a guy, uh, Steve Bridges, who did George W. Bush for nine years. Yeah, and then, he was uh, great. Yeah, and sadly passed away about four or five years ago. Oh wow. Um, yeah, at forty-seven years old, and uh, so they did it for about nine years. Him and the producer, and the producer tracked me down uh, a couple years ago and said, you know, he thought Joe Biden was going to be president. Like maybe you know, and I'm like, he's like, you know, we're going to turn you into a seventy-three-year-old man, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see that happening. And then obviously it was Hillary and and Donald, and then I'm like, well, I'm not dressing up like Hillary, you know, if that if that <laughs> happens. So had you done a good Biden impression? No, and that was the oh. thing too. We had just he, you know he, he had just, the pantsuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't ready. He's <laughs> ready to go. He's working on the lipstick. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so they did the full, you know, the, the head cast and everything of my features and, and then they did the sculpture around it as Biden and then Biden didn't run cause his son passed. And then, um, and then, so it was Donald and we just made it the Biden, it went from the Biden show to the Trump show. 
And so now I've just been doing Trump for the past, you know, year on stage as myself. And now we've got the fat suit and the and the uh, full prosthetic makeup and the wig and everything. We're getting ready to launch next month. Yeah. So explain that. So you've been doing just impressions of Trump on stage as just myself. Yeah. Sure. Stand up and just working out through the, the nuances and and you know the, uh, the the hand gestures and things like that. And now we're gonna have all the bells and whistles for like corporate things and you know movies and commercials and stuff like that. So did you did you have to work on the impression of him? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because I I didn't I wasn't able to do him for a long time same with like George Bush and even like you know easier ones like Schwarzenegger and 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 I didn't want to but at some point I'm like you know what I, I should probably start working on these you know if I'm going to actually right. do this so right so it takes some time some come you know more naturally than others but um just because of your vocal range right um or facial expressions or you look like them you know but with the Trump thing it's like it's exhausting. Like, you know how he does it? He gets his little, you know, <laughs> okay, this is what we're going to do here. You know, he gets the little asshole mouth working. You know, right. And, uh, and it's and you get tired. Like, you do it for, like, five minutes, and you're just, like, your facial muscles are just, so the prosthetics help, you know, relax everything. You know, I don't have to do it as much, um, you know, with the uh, the facial expressions. But it's. I think it's going to be quite a ride, you know. And I specifically said, I said, uh, you know, do I get my own Secret Service outfit, you know? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. be rock- walking yeah. down the streets looking like the Donald, you know. <laughs> so they fit you for it because Patrick told me they fit you for this big oh, it's costume. it's a full-on thing. Yeah. 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 Full- it's not for comedy clubs, you know. It's it's because it's like it's for thousands of people. It's conventions. It's businesses. And it's yeah. corporations. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they did with the George W. Bush show. Um, and then he also did the roast for... Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, same guy, yeah. And what is the idea? You go into these conventions or corporate gigs, all this other stuff. Do they give you a script of what they want, or it's it's like – do you have to come up with that stuff? No, we us- yeah, we usually come in. It is an option if they want it customized, too. We'll do that, too. But, um, yeah, we already have a bunch of set stuff, um, some really funny. I mean, it, the stuff gets written by itself daily. Of course. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty easy. Um, and so, you know, it's um, – they did really, really well with the George W. Bush thing. I think they're, they're, the most gigs they had in, a, in one month were 28. In the nine years, in a month. really, and yeah, the least amount were like three, and these are real high-paying, you know, gigs. So, um, and and you know what the producer told me is like the majority of these these corporations are Republican. They're like eighty percent Republican. Oh, so, funny. So it's their party, right? And they're in, they're digging it. You know, that's their guy. And the twenty percent that don't like him aren't going to say anything because right. you know that's their company and their boss is sitting right near there. Um, and then he tried to produce. Um, a uh, Barack Obama impersonator, but it was tough. It was a tough sell because Barack was so cool, you know. And right. They, There's they not are the an majority angle. of eighty yeah. percent are Republican at these corporations, and you know they're like, well, wasn't there a documentary about that guy? Uh, Might have been. I know there's I two I, of them. Yeah, yeah there's two. Yeah. There was one guy who. Yeah just looked like him right and so then he had to learn the voice and the mannerisms right. and stuff like that he was he was just a guy that looked like him he yeah. wasn't uh he was not an impressionist at all yeah oh yeah 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 that's right yeah, yeah it was a documentary yeah. So, yeah but the thing is it's like you know with bush w i mean he just get those little things going you know and just <laughs> yeah. have a good ball you know and then i mean he was just he, <laughs> he was funny. He was fun, whichever side you were on. Right. But then you got Obama, and he was just too cool. I mean, you couldn't get him. Right. You know, I mean, how are you going to do 40 minutes of sure goofing on Obama? And then now it's like with Trump, 
wide open. It's going to be better. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be amazing. Tune in. You're going to love it. Believe me. Believe me. Do you do you get frustrated when people will say to you like 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 <laughs> I I didn't want to seem like the dick having to ask you to do it. You jumped in for yeah, me, which yeah, yeah. helped save me. But but I, do you get people who are like, hey, let me hear it, let me hear it. Like do you, does do you get like that a lot? Yeah yeah, I think so. Well, I think if, you know, doing it on stage now, it's just you know, I I. Uh, I I like to just work through it. Now I'll do it at home and stuff, you know. And yeah. It's like, we're going to clean the kitchen today. We're going <laughs> to clean the kitchen. We're going to start with the microwave, okay? And we're going to make it fantastic. I invented the microwave. I don't know if you know that. I did. Okay. Okay. But what's so refreshing, too, is he's not just bashing like so many, like, you right, of course. And it's like, of, of course you want light, playful banter or making fun of your president, just like yeah. the original SNL days with Ford and Nixon and stuff. But but now it's gotten so heavy-handed. We're like, of course we're like, look, I, I I don't care one way or the other politically. But my God, all these kind of other people doing Trump, it's like straight. Like I love Alec Baldwin, and I think some of his impressions are fantastic. His Trump is is terrible. It's, it's horrible. It's so yeah. bad. I think and, the same uh, thing. It's cartoonish. Yeah, and, and it's like, and, and he it, even said it though in an interview. I heard him say, "Yeah, I just think of uh, what I try to focus on is." A word, and then just never get to that word, and then just like like kind of uh, Porky Pig. Oh, okay. And so because he he clearly doesn't spend a lot of time on that impression because he no. can do them. He does a really good. Uh, he does a good Pacino and he does a good De Niro. But uh, Dave, you know, he plays at the middle of the road, which what, isn't yeah. fun. Yeah, it's of fun course. For everybody, yeah. You know, Dave, what's your what's your second? Well, I I don't know where that fits in the realm, but like, what is your favorite impression to do? Uh, when you're performing somewhere, who do you like? What do you, who do you who do you feel like you're most captivating? Uh, I don't know. I I do like doing like Vince Vaughn or Owen. Yeah, um, together. Doing yeah, yeah. Something. Um, and uh, that actually would lead me into my hey, can you maybe? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have to I set it up? I guess there was time. Right. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's time. Just, we got time. Do it. Uh, yeah, you know, I see what you're doing there, Gary. And uh, if Steve were here, Steve would tell you to shut up, okay? Because we're good friends. I don't know if you know that. He stole my swingers look, okay? But uh, it's okay. No, 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 no. There we go. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm working on some new ones, too, which I like. So um, I, I just remember when I saw you years and years ago doing those impressions, it was just like, oh, my God, they're just so damn funny. And it, listen, there's a difference because I think when you do impressions, you got to come across very likable, right? Yeah. And I think that that was you know, the nature that you had was being this likable guy doing these impressions. Oh, but, I mean, again, you have to be constantly working at them. It's not an easy task. I, I – I can only imagine the amount of, like, you're constantly studying it. Yeah, a lot of people don't get it because it's like there's the three layers to it. you gotta, you got to come up with a premise or a situation that the, the celebrity's in, and then you got to come up with a joke, and then you got to actually be able to do the impression. You know? Yeah, so and there's like so many people tiered. that don't do the middle part, the yeah. joke part. Right, it's true. It that's is. right, yeah. It's so. like, so that's what you know, come just what, being a stand-up. What are you saying? No, 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 I'm saying oh, for you, that's why, that's why he's so great. I mean, he, yeah. he, for, because he's a stand-up, yeah. the joke's going to be there. Right. And he, so he's working on the impression. Has to apply through. the impression yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so good. So, Dave, this could be something that really turns into a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, awesome. Um, yeah, and maybe, I don't Are you going to call him for a leg up? <laughs> well, that's why I was kind of like it is, setting it's, very, it's very commander in chiefish. These things where, like, he goes to address a company in China or you know South America or, or Washington D.C. or something. Uh, uh, what are those dinners called that he, Trump doesn't go to? The uh, 
uh, correspondence. Correspondence. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but they're they're very. It's not just comedy things. It's like because you're he takes the stage and you're like you can't like we're all performers. We've seen it all, right? But you're watching someone who looks exactly like this president, and and you're like, oh my god, and you're dumbfounded, and part of you isn't even hearing what he's saying. But uh, but it's 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 really funny. It's it's because Steve wasn't a comic necessarily. Steve uh, Bridges. But right. he was smart enough to have right. people write. Evan Davis. Uh, yes, yeah. Evan was, was yeah, oh, right. one of his writers. Patrick's, like uh, Patrick's on our team, too, right? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He's just doing a great job. So. Project's doomed. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, because um, we are reaching the finish line, and I, I do like to keep this tight. I mean, you see some of these other podcasts that drag on and on and unnecessarily go on for an hour. Road, <laughs> road stories. And, uh, I'm listen, just representing I'm not, it. It's I'm Murray Valerio. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I don't want to throw any shows under the bus. I don't know what they do here at this network. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. Garrick, you've been in the business for a long time, yeah. right? Yeah. You've got to do some very cool things. Uh, you get to work with some great people. What is your kind of, like, ultimate goal? Like, what what, what is it that you want to be doing full-time that would make you happy or something that you haven't done yet that you would love to do that's on the radar? Well, I like to perform, but I like writing for other people a lot. So, I mean, I think that's – I think it's already – I've been in a business this long that no one knows who I am. So I know it's really not going to go further than that. So as long as I'm still in it. Right. You know, comedy-wise, writing with, you know, being in a room with really funny people and working on stuff, that's, to me, that's the ultimate. Yeah. That's what I'd want to do. Yeah. So. It's interesting you say that because I think there are times, no matter what level you're on, like early, kind of middle stage, later in the game, there, there's something about, for me, going to the improv and hanging out and feeling that camaraderie, whether it's with somebody that's way ahead of me or just kind of starting out, but just sitting at a bar and being like, sitting at the bar and being like, oh, wow, I feel part of the family here. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't have any insecurities about walking in and, you know, feeling like I belong here. Like, even the Comedy Magic Club, right. which scared the shit out of me years ago when I would first start going there, like, I don't know, a lot of heavy hitters, I don't belong here. And now you look right. around, you're like, oh, this is... I, I you can follow Arsenio Hall. <laughs> I just want to be on finger. the merry-go-round, not the guy standing watching it go by. Exactly, of I course. Just, once I'm on it, then I'm on it. I want to hang on it. What was, what was the coolest thing you've ever gotten to do as a result of being a stand-up? Um, ew. we work together at Doc Ricketts. That's got to be. <laughs> ah, well, we just talked about, talk about Doc Ricketts on the other podcast. That's how I, I did Gary. it with him. Two days after nine eleven. Do you remember that? The first time we worked. Man, I, you know, I just remember doing. What's, what was the date? I don't remember. <laughs> what was the date? October third. <laughs> Twelve people with fighter jets going on outside. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was great. Dave, we yeah, were saying the that of the of the two nights. Of the two nights there, because I've done it a couple times, there was one night that was shitty and one night that was great. So you had to kind of pick out which one was better. <laughs> right, right. So if it was Friday night that was shitty, yeah. you walked around all day Saturday like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, you wore it hard. And then Saturday, <laughs> Saturday you went home and you were happy. Yeah. But if Friday was good, right. you knew Saturday was going to be a shit bomb. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. we were just talking on <laughs> uh, the podcast that Gary was hosting. Uh, your checks would always bounce. Oh, yeah. They just didn't, they, you know, they couldn't get their shit together. Yeah, that no. club was always packed. Oh, yeah. So it was like insane. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when the sound guy's asking you for help on the board. That's oh, when yeah. you have trouble. You know, it's, hey, what does this do? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Just pull, push it up. Let's see. <laughs> so what would what what would you what would, what would you say is the uh, the best? Because he he was saying Doc Ricketts was the worst. Oh, <laughs> at least I, I think so. The best, um, just I think traveling with with, with Regan and and Engvall. Sure. Yeah, especially Engvall when you get to fly to these gigs. You know, private jet. That's 
un, it's unbelievable. Right. It's and I, every time I'm on one, it's the luckiest thing in the world. I do not take it for granted. You know, you can like you know, you do one show, then you fly to the next gig, and then you you know sp- spend the you know the day in the hotel, and then you do the show in Peoria, and then you're in your own bed after the show in Peoria. That's the greatest. It's like insane. You're like, I just did a show in Illinois and I'm laying in my own <laughs> bed right now. Yeah. How cool is it? Yeah, so stuff like that. You know, and just the larger numbers of, uh, you know, gigs, that, you know, the audience-wise. You know, when you're doing a show for like three, 5,000 people, it's like pretty amazing. And they're all there for the yeah, show. They're, they're all, all there for so excited. Yeah, exactly. Dave, so what would you great. say it is for you? Favorite uh, moment or something about doing comedy? Yeah, it's got to be, and you, you're fam- familiar with this yes. too, the Throckmorton with Robin. Oh, and, there it yeah, is, Robin sure. Robin Williams yeah. with, um, with Mort Saul in the green room, just the three of us for like 20 minutes. And right when I came into the room, Robin goes, oh, yes, oh, yeah, that frog bit. I loved it, Chief. It was good. Ah. Then I sit down listen to them talk for like 20 minutes. It's, it's like you want to yeah. get involved, but you don't want to be that guy. So you yeah. just want to just hang with them. And then I just said, I, you know, I, I got to tell you, Mort, you know, my dad used to talk about you when I was growing up. This yeah. has all come full circle. And Rob and I kind of passed the torch to my dad and introduced you to him when you were coming up in the 80s, you know, 70s and 80s and with Mork and Mindy and stuff. And, I, you know, I just go, this is this moment's so surreal for right. me. Right. Yeah. And without missing a beat, Robin Williams nudges Mort Saul and he goes, oh, look at that. You're getting the dads. I'm still getting the sons. <laughs> <laughs> just like... Perfect transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's yeah, that is true. That the there were some great nights. Had you ever done that room, Patrick? Yeah, I do. I love that room. It's a so Tuesday right. night room, and it's I think is it every week or every every, every Tuesday. Week. It's still yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. She's selective, and uh, that's one of those rooms we talked about the last hour. Uh, that yeah, we're talking about that's just like there's food. There's you know you, you, she'll put you up if you need at a hotel right. across oh, the yeah. street, and you're like, oh, this is what comedy can be. This is really nice. This of is course, really special. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Thank what you, is, Steve, for not being here. This oh, my God. Great, yeah. the, absolutely the greatest of all time. Thanks um, for Montreal for pretending to host Steve. So can that, we? Uh, <laughs> so that we wouldn't have him. Wait, what happened to my music? Didn't I hit it? Oh, there it goes. Um, I knew I had a good song. Gentlemen, where can we find everybody at? What's going on? Dave, we'll start with you. At the Dave Burley. At the Dave Burley? Yeah. Website. D-I-G-H? Yeah. B-U-R-L-E-I-G-H dot com. At Gary underscore Brightwell. Very nice. Uh, Some hump in England has Gary Brightwell, yeah. And by the way, uh, Patrick and I uh, just appeared on your show when you were guest hosting from Murray. So uh, check that one out as well. It's also here on this network. Yeah. Patrick. At Citizen Keen, baby. There it is. There it is. Uh, Mine is Gary Cannon right there. And uh, I got to be honest, we're not really working together until... Kind of August, August I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a month and a half here. Yeah. A uh, month, yeah. That's not good, right? I like no. to keep it every two weeks. We had a great time at the Comedy Magic, yeah. or at uh, Comedy Store in La Jolla. Yeah. Went out, tied one on. So much fun. And then made the best decision ever. I'm still Drove so home happy. Saturday night after the second show in La Jolla. You Smart. never stay the night there. That's no. the dumbest move ever. That's a rookie move. There it is. <laughs> well, for all of us here at the Gentleman's Dojo, uh, I am Gary Cannon, along with Patrick Keene. Thanks to our guest, Dave, Gary Brightwell. We appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for continuing to listen to us on all things comedy. We are actually coming up on episode 100 very soon. Oh, wow. So we have something very special wrap party. planned for that. I have no idea what that episode is. episode party. Very excited. So thank you guys for listening. Steve Byrne is in Montreal. Check out his website, stevebyrnelive.com. I've been your host, one of them, Gary Cannon. Thank you guys for listening to the Gentleman's Dojo. 